Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. everybody welcome in mike in the morning on this thursday a cool thursday at least for baseball right and and we don't get that very often especially this time of year i will not spend too much time talking about major league baseball this fall but today they're doing something special and i'm sure all of you guys have seen it by now but i'm excited to, to talk about it a little bit i have an idea with novelty games We've got one in baseball tonight, the Field of Dreams game. I'll show you some pictures if you haven't seen them, although most of you have already. Uh, I've got some ideas on the football side of things, a novelty game idea. Uh, We'll get to that. Apparently, the Saints and Michael Thomas have made up. Uh, According to Yahoo, there was some kind of meeting recently between Sean Payton and Michael Thomas, and they have apparently cleared the air, and neither side wants a separation. Uh... Cooler heads seem to be prevailing here, which uh, which is good, which is good, because trading him uh, would have been what I would have done, and that's why I sit in this position, and I don't have a Super Bowl ring like Sean Payton. So cooler heads seem to be prevailing in the Michael Thomas situation. Also, there's a bet, a college football bet, that uh, I find fascinating. If you can take it, I think you should take it, and I'll tell you who to take on that. But first, real quick, my name is Michael Borky. Glad to see you guys on this Thursday morning. Uh, you can watch this or listen to this basically anywhere, but start with YouTube. My name right there, Michael Borky, on YouTube and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, if you like what you hear, like the video. Also follow on Twitter and Facebook and wherever you get your podcast. Mike in the Morning uh, is what you need to search and subscribe to the podcast. I cannot wait to start doing weekend streaming around the football games coming up this fall. Just kind of counting down the days, you know, just waiting to uh, deliver you some weekend content. In the meantime, though, let's talk some baseball. So the Field of Dreams game, uh, I'm actually really excited uh, about this. I really am. So here, you know, I hate the new format of Google, by the way. I wish I could just, like, pull up a full picture for you. But anyway, uh, the Field of Dreams game is happening Tonight, the White Sox and the Yankees, and for whatever it's worth, the teams are, are actually not staying there. They're they're getting shipped in, if you will. Uh, they're traveling today and then leaving tonight, so they're not actually staying in Iowa. They don't have you know any day before or anything like that practice to get their bearings on the unique setting. They're in and they're out for whatever that's worth. But that is tonight. Uh, starts at six o'clock our time on Fox, and the scene is just incredible. I mean, look at these images. This scene is unbelievable. Uh, It is right next to the actual Field of Dreams, you know, where the movie was shot and all that. See, here here you go. So that's the Field of Dreams field right there, and that's where they're playing the game tonight. You see how close they are. I mean, they are incredibly, incredibly close. It's the same property, basically. And in between, that's a Major League Baseball logo in like corn maze form. So this is just awesome. I mean, 
Here's a picture of the scoreboard tonight in the outfield wall. I mean, the scoreboard is old and rustic looking, and the the wall is actually chain link with the exception of the top. So it looks like the outfield is just corn, just like the movie. And I'm excited about it. I haven't watched a Major League Baseball game from start to finish this season. I, I know. I, I, I'm a sports talk guy, you know, at least in part. And I haven't watched a Major League Baseball game from start to finish this season. I shouldn't admit that out loud, but it's just the truth, guys. It's football, NFL, college football, basketball for me. That's just kind of my order. Baseball is way down below. Now, I watch a bunch of college baseball because, of course, I do. But Major League Baseball just doesn't grab me. I don't have a team. I didn't grow up having a team. There's none around here that I could adopt. It's just kind of, you know... The Braves are nearby, I guess. Uh, but this is awesome. And I will watch every pitch, I think. And I, I will sit down. I mean, you see, how, again, how close these two are from the actual field of dreams here to the uh, setting that they're playing in tonight. But this kind of stuff grabs me. This sells me. This grabs me. Uh, novelty games are... Uh, you know, the purists don't exactly like it, although this might be a different circumstance considering what this movie means to the sport of baseball. Um, but I'm a novelty guy. I get grabbed by it. I've never watched an IndyCar race from start to finish. Never, ever watched an IndyCar race from start to finish. And I still didn't watch the IndyCar race in Nashville from start to finish, but I watched more IndyCar this past weekend than I ever have in my life combined because it was different. They were racing through the streets of Nashville across the Cumberland River. You would have turns on the track where Nissan Stadium was in the background. That grabs me. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like that. The novelty stuff grabs me. I'm not the biggest, you know, early season college basketball, unless it's the teams around here. I'm not just like super locked in. But when they played... On the aircraft carrier, I didn't miss a dribble. I love that kind of stuff. That kind of thing grabs me, and uh, and I'll be watching tonight. JP says, good morning, Mike. We've made it to Thursday. Countdown inches toward 28 and 23 days remaining. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That sounds good. Good morning, Wayne. Glad to see you. Into the corn they go. MLB needs more novelty games, you say. NHL has created some scenic backdrops, and they've been cool when weather has cooperated. Yeah, man, the, the NHL games... In football stadiums, the Winter Classics are awesome. I mean, every single one is awesome. And then what they did at Lake Tahoe this past year, that was incredible. I mean, a hockey game with that lake and the mountains in the background was just stunning. It was, inc- And I turned it on. I turned it on. I, I've, I've watched Winter Classic games. I turned on the Lake Tahoe game. And I'm not – like, I don't watch the NHL every night. I watch the playoffs – Maybe I'll turn it on sometimes if I can get the Predators, which I couldn't this past season because Valley Sports is a joke. Um, But those kind of things grab me. Sam says uh, he hasn't watched Major League Baseball either and can't and won't do it until the postseason. When is this game? It's tonight. It is tonight at uh, at 6 o'clock. And they're doing all kinds of stuff with the broadcast. I I hope they don't overdo it, but they're going to have drone shots and different angles and and all kinds of unique graphics and all that kind of stuff. This is, for whatever it's worth, again, 
the uh, highest selling regular season Major League Baseball game they've ever had as far as advertisements and stuff. They expect a big audience. And uh, I'll be one of them. And I haven't watched a game to completion all season long. And I'll be one of them. And I don't even really like the movie. I, I, <laughs> I know that's kind of blasphemy in some circles. I, I'm not the biggest fan of the movie. I, I don't have like poetic, like romanticized feelings about the sport. So like that speech, people will come, right? That that just doesn't like move me the way it does some other people. You know, I, it's fine. I like it. I recognize its significance, but it that movie doesn't move me. Uh, it just doesn't. And I feel bad for saying that, but, uh, it's on Fox, Chris, I believe tonight it's, uh, it's on Fox. I'll double check for you though. Field of dreams, game broadcaster. It is on Fox. Yeah. It's Fox tonight, six o'clock. So, um, I had this idea because, you know, JP brought up hockey with the, uh, Winter Classics and the Lake Tahoe thing that they've done. You know, Major League Baseball's doing this Field of Dreams thing. I think they should play more games in football stadiums if they can pull it off. Stuff like that. College football needs to do more of it as well. But I think the NFL, and they've already missed the mark. It's too late. They're just, um, you know, some years you're going to play eight road games. Some years you're going to play nine. That's how they did it. But I threw this idea out there for the NFL where when they added the 17th game, what they should have done is had a neutral site for everybody be the 17th game. Think about this. Could you imagine the 17th game this season? Saints-Titans in Oxford or Starkville or Eagles-Jags in Clemson or something like that? I think that would be incredible. And, uh, you know, of course, Roger Goodell doesn't listen to me because why would he? But I loved that idea that I came up with. And, of course, I loved it. It was my idea. But could you imagine how much fun would that be if you would have division rivals or or even otherwise? Um, Neutral site games in college football stadiums. How cool that would be. Uh, I mean, incorporating audiences that you may not have otherwise, because while this Mississippi is a big Saint state, right? It is. A lot of Cowboys fans here as well. A whole lot, especially because of Dak, but there were Cowboys fans here before Dak. Could you imagine a a Cowboys game in in Starkville? How cool that would be? A a Saints game in Oxford? I don't know. I, I just I, I wish the NFL would do more stuff like this beyond playing in Mexico City or London. You know, do something like that here domestically. Uh, play a game on the campus of West Point and fill the stadium with cadets and do the same thing at Navy and Air Force. Stuff like that. Uh, they make too much money, I guess, and, and they never do it. But the novelty thing, nobody should be too good for. College football shouldn't be too big for it. Play these games at, you know, baseball stadiums. Have more bowl games in places like Bush Stadium in St. Louis. I don't know. Just an idea. Just throwing that out there. But Field of Dreams game has hooked me completely. I'm in. I'm totally in tonight. 
and uh, more sports, especially to combat the viewership thing. Um, need to do stuff like this. Make it different. I mean, the, the millions and millions and millions more people that are going to watch tonight versus a regular Yankees-White Sox game is unfathomable. I mean, really, the, the difference is going to be pretty significant. Miller says, bite your tongue, sir. I know. It's not – when everybody does the summer content of best sports movies, I, I will never say Field of Dreams. And I, it always gets – Negative reaction in response. People do not like that. I don't like Field of Dreams. I just, it's not for me. You know, it's not for me. Like, if I was given the choice, this is really going to make people mad of watching Field of Dreams or The Replacements with Keanu Reeves, I'm watching The Replacements. Like, I think The Replacements is a better movie than Field of Dreams. There is your Skip Bayless take of the day right there. I need to make a graphic for that. Every time I say something that's out of, um, out of left field like that. Uh, Skip Bayless take of the day, like Photoshop my face on Skip or something. Uh, yeah, if I was given the choice, I would rather watch The Replacements than Field of Dreams. I think it's a better sports movie. It's the most underrated sports movie out there, honestly, is The Replacements. So imagine if they played in college stadiums. I would love that also. Um, and, and, you know, maybe the weather wouldn't cooperate, but a spring training game and Oxford or Starkville or Hattiesburg. I mean, that'd be really cool. But I don't know if the weather would cooperate. You know, uh, we had a pretty rough February around here, if you remember. But that would be uh, that would be really cool. JP says another novelty game in a sense I enjoy is the pinstripe bowl. If the vet had a decent playing surface, you can throw it in there too for a neutral host. Um, yeah, I like the pinstripe bowl a lot. I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. Um, I'm glad, though, I've seen a lot of people in my business uh, suggest that college football should play playoff games in open-air northern stadiums, and I hate that idea. I can't Honestly, I can't stand that idea. I think it's awful, uh, m- mostly because while it would be fun, I guess, to have a national championship in the snow, I guess, uh, but when it comes to determining a champion— I would rather, personally, as few outside factors impacting the game as possible. I don't want there to be snow on the field in the national championship game. And, oh, well, some players are used to uh, used to cold and others aren't. Oh, give me a break. If it's 32 degrees, it's not going to matter. I mean, these guys stay warm. They're fine. It's not like Wisconsin is going to suddenly start beating Alabama if they play the playoff game in Chicago versus Miami. It's not going to make a a bit of difference, but I don't want any factors affecting the game aside from players on the field. I want as little outside factor as humanly possible affecting my championships. So, you know, I I just, I disagree with those people wholeheartedly. I don't want a weather affected national championship. I want it to be either exclusively in a dome or, or in a southern stadium where the worst you're going to get is some rain. I don't want weather impacting anything, but uh, that's just me. I do like bowl games and stuff, though, like the pinstripe bowl you mentioned. I'm fine with that. When it's the title, no. Put it in a dome. Put it down south. No factors besides the players on the field. That would be best. Chris is asking, did you watch the Olympics as much as you had planned? I definitely did not. 
NBC fumbled the bag. Yeah, and, and you know, there are some people that have written or talked about why ratings were down. And um, at the risk of losing my entire audience here, uh, it was not, they were not down because of wokeness. Uh, there, it, it really didn't happen. I mean, I, I watched it probably more than most people. And again, I didn't watch the women's soccer team. So maybe that was enough to turn everybody off. But uh, I saw a bunch of athletes that were proud to compete as Americans and the medal ceremonies were all normal and they were emotional in a good way. And uh, that's all I saw. I saw this Olympics exclusively athletes. And again, I didn't watch the women's soccer team athletes that were proud of the country that they competed for. That's all I saw. That's all I saw. Uh, NBC failed miserably. I mean, it's tough to broadcast an event at a place that's what 14 hours ahead of central time. So I'll give them a little leeway there, but putting events on the Peacock, uh, having tape delay stuff on your network, and then not telling anybody when or where these events are going to come on. It was just like, Olympics are tonight. Well, okay, what? Is it badminton? Or or is it swimming? Okay, it's swimming. Well, when is Katie Ledecky going to swim? Because she's the most dominant female swimmer of all time. I want to see her dominate again. When? Well, we don't know. We won't tell you. What are you talking about? Okay, what about gymnastics? Well, that'll be on the Peacock. Well, I don't have the Peacock. Well, it'll be played later on NBC tonight. Well, I already know who won by then. It was a joke. I mean, for all the the millions and millions of dollars, even more, that they put in to that event, and you couldn't find anything. They didn't tell you when stuff was going on. It was awful. NBC did a terrible, terrible job this year as far as broadcasting the Olympics. It was awful. You couldn't find anything. You didn't know when it was coming on. They tried to do the tape delay stuff, which in the social media age, you can't do tape delayed events anymore. You can't do it. We know that Suni Lee won the gold, what, 12 hours before they aired it? So, I mean, yeah, it's cool to see her win because she's an American. She's got a great story. But I already know she won. So drama sells, not tape delayed events in which you already know the outcome. We love live sports because we don't know the outcome, which is why we watch them live. But you got winning tonight. Sam, uh, the, the White Sox, Lance Lynn. There's a little little nugget for you. Lance Lynn on the hill tonight for uh, for the White Sox. So it's a little Mississippi connection there. Would Reggie Bush make it in the SEC these days? He would be just as dominant today as he was back then. Well, I mean, it, you know, if you throw him on Vanderbilt, probably not. But, yeah, Reggie Bush uh, would be just as dominant today as he was back then, without a doubt, in my opinion, without a uh, without a doubt. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a unicorn. He was a unicorn. You know what cracks me up about Reggie Bush is, you know, everybody references that Fresno State game. The number of people that definitely did not watch Reggie Bush against Fresno State in 2005 – that now claim they watched Reggie Bush against Fresno State in 2005 is really funny to me. Uh, it's, you know, uh, like fish stories. The longer you've gone since you caught the fish, the bigger it gets. The longer we've gone since Reggie Bush's maybe greatest game in college football history, the more people saw it. Yeah. Chris said they spent a billion dollars for the broadcasting rights. They completely blew it. They blew it. Just freaking blew it. Um, 
maybe even lost money on the thing. I don't know, but they blew it. And television numbers were down because of that. Far, far, far more because of that than anything involving wokeness. Again, I didn't see it. I watched more than most people, I promise. I didn't see it once. Even the basketball players, who everybody thinks are, you know, what they are. They had flags around their neck. They were celebrating. They were telling Kendrick Perkins to act like he's American. I mean, it's almost as almost as if people actually do like it here, even if they, you know, have positions that are different than mine. I don't know. Anyway, I, I don't want to lose you guys, so I will... Uh, I will move on. Apparently, the Saints and Michael Thomas have made up. So according to Yahoo, this is a report that came out last night from Charles Robinson, covers uh, the NFL for Yahoo. Here's what he said. Despite a rocky few weeks of speculation that uh, the New Orleans Saints and star wideout Michael Thomas could be headed for a trade, sources have told Yahoo Sports that Thomas and Saints head coach Sean Payton have had positive talks and are not seeking a split. Two sources familiar with the talk said Peyton and Thomas had a recent meeting to clear the air over two lingering issues. Comments Peyton made regarding his frustration over the offseason timing of Thomas's ankle surgery and a subsequent social media post from Thomas that suggested the wideout was now at odds with the team. According to one source, they had a good talk about the issues. I think they both believe it's not anything that has to go any further than what is already out there. There was some frustration from both viewpoints and that was the point of the meeting. A second source added, I think and hope they worked things out. So cooler heads. Either can I, Chris. Either can I. Either can I. Um, cooler heads have prevailed in New Orleans. And I'm so glad that Sean Payton does not listen to me. <laughs> There's a reason I'm in the position I'm in. Um, that's good news. That's good news that Thomas does not want out, or at least according to this report. Uh, he's frustrated with some things. He's acted like a diva, been really bad. Uh, delaying the surgery still doesn't make sense. Uh, the whole thing is an, an absolute dumpster fire. I even made this joke yesterday. I shared this video on Twitter, and I said, this is, uh, here, let me, uh, got to share it quick, got to share it quick. I wish I could do this faster. This is that exclusive video from Saints training camp. Just a dumpster fire. I mean, that's what it's been. You've had uh, the, this Thomas drama. You've had player injuries. You had a retirement uh, out of nowhere from somebody that you were going to rely on in the secondary. I mean, you had your most reliable defensive tackle get nabbed for performance-enhancing drugs. We don't know what's going to happen with Marshawn Lattimore and how much time he's going to miss after he was arrested this offseason. It's a disaster right now. And um, at least now, this has been settled. At least this has been settled. Whatever happened in this meeting that has apparently cleared the air to the point where Michael Thomas does not want out, good. Uh, that's good. He's a great receiver, but he he's acting like a diva, and this has got to stop. And so I hope this conversation ended all of that. Still don't understand why the surgery was delayed. There, there's still issues there. You know, it's not all well and good, but at least cooler heads have prevailed in uh, in this situation. And uh, sounds like, by the way, that uh, that Jameis has had better practices recently than Taysom Hill. And we'll see Saturday. I mean, they got a preseason game Saturday. Um, 
that actually matters. I mean, that's kind of the cool thing about the Saints this year. If you're looking for a silver lining for preseason football, it's um, we actually get to watch preseason games that have a little bit of meaning to them. So, uh, yeah, that happened Saturday. It certainly sounds like, though, Jameis Winston has been outperforming Taysom Hill at least lately. So, for whatever that's worth to you. Also, speaking of performance, the social media manager for the Dallas Cowboys, what are you doing? Let me show this to you. This is what they put out on Twitter last night. And for those of you listening in podcast form, I'll just read it to you. It's not a setback, and it's not a reason to worry. But Dak Prescott is planning on getting another MRI. All they had to say was anything other than this, and people wouldn't freak out or speculate. But now, because the social media intern decided to do this weird, like, dramatic, it's not a setback and it's not reason to worry thing, everybody in their brother is going to be like, uh, what the hell's going on there? <laughs> now I'm worried. I saw a, a Cowboys fan friend of mine say, uh, I wasn't worried until now. Thank you. <laughs> What is this dramatic crap? I mean, uh, so I am now officially worried about Dak Prescott. He is getting another MRI, which you kind of expected. It seems to be standard. You know, if you've got an injury like the one he's got in your throwing shoulder, you're going to get it scanned multiple times to see how it's healing. All they had to say, if that's what it was, uh, was simply, you know, Dak Prescott getting MRI to evaluate progress made on injury recovery. That's all you had to do. Nobody would have freaked out. No Cowboys fans would have been like, wait, should I be worried? Nobody in the media would even be talking about it because I would have been shocked if they didn't give him multiple MRIs to make sure his throwing shoulder is healing appropriately. Like That's what they should do. And now it's like it's speculation season. And they've created it themselves. And they tried to not create it. That's like the boy who cried wolf. You don't draw attention to something when you don't want anybody to hear it. Give you an example. If you say a word you're not supposed to say on air, right? I can say whatever I want here. The FCC doesn't regulate this. Uh, you know, I could take my shirt off and drop F-bombs and nobody could do anything. I can't do that on the radio. If somebody on an FCC-regulated platform like radio says a word that you're not supposed to say or could be a FCC violation, uh, you don't draw attention to it. If you miss the dump button, which would get rid of that audio, uh, you just move right on. You, you, because there, there's a chance that people missed it, and you, you don't draw attention to it. If I were to say the F word on the air this afternoon. And I immediately was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I should have never said that word. I should have never done that. It would have become something. People would have perked up and been like, wait, what did he say? What's he apologizing for? Oh my gosh, he said that word. You don't draw attention to something if it's not a big deal, right? They did that. And they really screwed up on this one. Chris says, I truly hope he steps up and exceeds our expectations. That's Jameis. Yeah, I hope so, too. Uh, he better, but sounds like he's doing okay. 
in camp. Um, throwing nice deep balls, which is something the offense hadn't had in a while. JP says, yep, bring the speculation on. That doesn't sound like a social media intern. That sounds like it's out of Jerry's mouth. <laughs> yeah, Jerry took the phone from the intern this time. I say intern. They're definitely not interns. The people that run the social media accounts for NFL teams are uh, very smart and create usually very smart and creative, talented, full-time uh, employees with uh, a whole lot of training and education. Uh, but the the one for the Cowboys might need to go back to school uh, a little bit. Chris says, after watching uh, Hard Knocks and hearing him speak, I agree with you. <laughs> How about Jerry Jones, by the way, putting salt salt on a McGriddle from McDonald's? The guys at Pardon My Take uh, had one of their, uh, I, I guess Billy's not full-time or, or an intern anymore. He's full-time, but had one of their guys figure out the sodium content from the sandwich itself and then doing seven shakes of salt on something like that. And, and it was like, I, I wish I remembered the exact numbers, but it, it's like heart attack inducing. Jerry Jones salts his McDonald's sandwich. Could you imagine that? Like that would just clog my arteries up immediately. Ugh. Ugh. William says, good morning. Tomorrow's the last day to catch you live. I start a new job, new work times. Enjoy the show. See you in reruns. Well, congrats, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's uh, the beauty of this kind of thing is it's on demand everywhere. Uh, congrats, man. That's uh, that's really awesome. So uh, I'll catch you on the reruns. And then on weekends, too, though, unless you're working weekends, you know, Saturday morning and night, I'll be here. So you can still catch some things live. He's going to have a, a stroke, Chris says. Probably so. So you hope Dak's okay, but what the hell were they doing last night with the, it's not a setback, and it's not reason to worry, so don't worry, okay? Like, come on. Just say he's getting another MRI. We're evaluating progress. It's not that hard to not freak your fans out. What's wrong with you people? Anyway. Um, last thing for you, this uh, this prop bet from, uh, from Brett McMurphy. Uh, Talked about this on the radio show some yesterday, so forgive me if you've already seen or uh, or heard this. But um, from South Point, four groups of teams to win the national championship in college football. Four groups of teams, and they have separate odds for each. So you pick a group, and the national champion comes from this group, you win your bet. Group one is Ohio State, Oklahoma, Georgia, North Carolina, Oregon, Texas A&M. They're at minus 125. Group two, Alabama, Texas, Iowa State, Miami, Penn State, Cincinnati. They're at plus 225. Group three, Clemson, LSU, Southern Cal, Notre Dame, Florida, Wisconsin. They're at plus 400. And the field, the field is at plus 2,000. I think this is the obvious selection. I think it's group three. Group three, not free. I'm not in London. Um, that's the obvious choice to me. And if you uh, if you use that platform, I would lock that in right now because essentially, what you're saying is you're you're betting on Clemson to win the national championship, right? Because LSU, USC, Notre Dame, Florida, Wisconsin all will not. And Group Two, same thing: Texas, Iowa State, Miami, Penn State, Cincinnati all will not. But the worst odds feature. Maybe every team in this could conceivably win a national championship, like could. Um, 
so that's the most likely, but your best value is down here with Clemson. I would take Clemson in this group plus 400 all day long over the other two. Now, Clemson's national title odds are actually a little bit uh, a little bit better than this, so just going straight Clemson would actually net you more money, but this is a fun exercise anyway. Um, this year, I think there is more parity at the top than we've seen in the last few years, really since the playoff era. When looking at this list, the number of teams that I think truly that I think can actually compete for and win a national championship is larger than three. I think you've got it with Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Georgia. I don't think USC, UNC can get there or can win it, but I think they can get there. Oregon, I think, is a sleeper. Texas A&M, definitely. Alabama and Clemson. I think there is realistically one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams maybe that can win a national championship this year. I truly think that that is that is reality as opposed to the three or so that we've had the last few years. I really do. I think that uh, I think that's the case. Chris is asking, will the Rebel Report ever be in video format? Possibly. Possibly. Not like this, but uh, but possibly. Possibly, yes. How does the plus-minus work with bets? So essentially, if you put $100 down on Group 3 at plus 400, you would win $400 if you won your bet. Same thing with Group 2. So if you put 100 bucks down on Group 2 at plus 225, you would win $225. In group one, at minus 125, you would have to bet $125 to win 100 So, if that makes sense. William's saying, what better for the Cowboys to do than make teams wonder who will start at quarterback? It just It's the, the dramatics, the unnecessary dramatics. I mean, you know, everybody in the league is still going to prepare for Dak Prescott, right? There's no way that they will prepare for anybody else. And even if something happens with his injury and he can't play, they're not worried about having to prepare for any of the backups on that roster. So it's mostly just a thing that they didn't need to do because they're freaking out their fans because of it. Sebastian said, place two bets, 100 on the second group and 100 on the third. You'll win something, at least. It's a bit of a hedge, but you'll win something. So, interesting, though. I like it. I uh, I really like it. So, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, guys. Uh, Michael Borky, it's all you need. Like the video while you're here. I appreciate you guys very much. Watch the Field of Dreams game tonight. It's unique. It'll, it's a really cool scene. It's right next to the actual Field of Dreams. There is a cornfield in the background. You see it along the fence because it's chain link. It's in an actual cornfield in Iowa on the site from Field of Dreams. It's real. Lance Lynn on the mound tonight for the uh, for the White Sox. I'm in. I'm in. I can't wait to watch it. So we'll talk about that tomorrow, some other college football things as we get rolling. We are two weeks away from the start of the college football season, at least week zero anyway. Week zero, two weeks from Saturday. So we're getting close. We've got um, Saints on Saturday. 
see if it's Jameis or Taysom. I mean, they'll both play, obviously, but we'll see who looks better. A lot of stuff going on, even though we're still, like I said, two weeks, three weeks away from the start of college football season. Y'all have a great rest of your day. Catch me on the radio this afternoon or tomorrow morning right here at 8. Y'all have a good one. Talk Mississippi Media Production.